It's the Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast, the drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poured. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything. Anything. We don't care as long as we have beer. And if you let that whiskey ring. The Odd Drunk Podcast! Welcome to the Odd Drunk Podcast. Um, not the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. The Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Uh, we are here uh, to play around with some AI once again, but this yeah, time specifically... We, we love AI playing around. Yeah. And, you know... We'll get into discussion before we mess around with it, maybe. Um, or maybe we'll just hop right into it. We're just kind of playing it by ear on this one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're playing. With, we're going to test the limits of chat GPT. What yeah. weird things we can get it to yeah. say. Because uh, What know. questions can I answer? Be- some people are, some people are afraid of AI how it can be misused by malicious corporations corporations and and it people, will be and it is but but um and how it can put artists out of work but we think it can also just be a funny thing Podcast to dick around thing. with while we drink yeah. beer uh, <laughs> but honestly it could put any artistic medium in danger it is putting yeah. artists in danger. Yeah. With AI art, you know, blatantly, well, not, you know, just stealing. That's a whole. People's art across the philosophical. And like, I could tell this to write a script, you know, and we are going to do that, but we're going to have fun with it today. Uh, We're not going to get too serious. Um, (laughs) um, If you want a serious podcast, this isn't, this is not for you. No, seriously. no. No pun intended. I think, Jackson, I have an idea. I think we should release um, a, a bonus episode. This is quite good. We'll I like it. Uh, I think we should release a bonus episode uh, along with this one. And here's my idea. We should have ChatGPT come up with a podcast script and then use AI-generated well, vo- it's, AI voices. It's funny you to, say that. To, uh, to, uh, uh, it's funny you say that. In fact, do that and just have an, a completely AI episode. <laughs> This might be a little tricky for you to do, uh, but if you could put this as the intro, possibly. Okay. So uh, pay attention to where you are on the timestamp. But <laughs> yep. uh, I've been messing around with it for the last like week or so, just playing around. <laughs> and I was like, this would be fun on the podcast. Well, I asked it uh, to generate a script for the Odd Drunk podcast. And it says a fictional podcast where two friends get together. A fictional podcast. Yeah, we that, we're fiction. We're not real, guys. We have some news for you. Um, None of this has been real. real. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this is a uh, a figment of your imagination. So here's the script. We both have to read from it. Oh, okay. So hold it, hold it over here. Hmm. Do you want to yeah. be host one or host two? Uh, you should you should be host one. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Odd Drunk Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm here with my good friend, Colton. How are you doing, Colton? 
Hey, Jackson, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And I'm excited to be here as today, as always. I'm trying to put some energy. Yeah, me this. too. So what are you drinking today? Oh, well, <laughs> I've got a nice cold beer here. That's accurate. And I know you've got something interesting, as always. I do. Okay, let's break from the script. Right. And like, actually, this is not the AI. All right. uh, we're, we're going into human human mode here. yeah human yeah. mode um, so we i actually am, do have some interesting we do actually do so today. it's fitting it's very fitting it knows it knows uh you know i thought since we're gonna be messing around with ai today um and ai can be really weird and random with his responses and yeah. sometimes <laughs> say frightening things um i got a french toast out which would be great if we were doing a breakfast episode oh, of some sort we should absolutely do a breakfast <laughs> just where we episode. eat breakfast and we could do a breakfast talk about breakfast to your list <laughs> breakfast food to your list they would all be s honestly yeah. um <laughs> s tier across the board but anyways this is a french toast stout from abita um brewing and um it says with creamy notes maple syrup that's definitely strong here it's maple syrup for forward um <laughs> insert obligatory In- insert <laughs> joke if, if you're a long time listener you know yeah <laughs> are we even bother gonna do the joke no nah. I, don't, I think this time we shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh notes maple syrup cinnamon vanilla nutmeg which is what you would want in a really good french toast you know this style will have you craving breakfast for dinner a decadent brew inspired by a morning favorite french toast style has a smooth and subtle sweetness Perfect for any time of day. And this is literally my first time having it on this show. I just mm. got from the liquor store and headed over to Colton's. And it's good. it's good. It's um, yeah. I When I first got it, I thought maybe it would be a little too sweet or something. Um, or uh, just weird because, you know, that is... I mean, imagine like a waffle stout. That's a that would yeah. be a similar type of thing. I, I gotta say um, though, as far as like, waffles are better than pancakes. By the way, I'll fight are. you. I will. You don't have to fight me because well, I'll fight I agree. the listeners. Uh, <laughs> waffles are way better than pancakes. I eat pancakes more because I don't own a waffle maker. Pancakes can um, be great. They can be amazing. Pancakes are great. Since we're on this topic, but waffles but, are <laughs> waffles are superior. In but every and then way. French toast. I'm a big fan of French can toast. be if it's well done, if it it's well made, if fantastic. there's care. But if you're yeah. just getting Denny's French toast, are you know just hey, throwing? Hey, hey Den- Denny's makes right. an okay French. Toast. It's okay, but I mean it's okay if it's you're okay. throwing just if you're making French toast for the first time, it's probably not going to turn out that French good. toast slam at Denny's. Yeah, it's, it's like ten good. bucks. Is it, we're going to just talk it's about breakfast bad. today. Yeah. We're changing topics. Changing topics. Oh, bacon. Uh, mm. Yeah. It can uh, go with hot dogs. It can go with mm, eggs. Yeah. Bacon. Biscuits. Mm, yeah. Uh, I, I, as far as, burger, bre- as, far well, as breakfast not... meats go, um, I'm definitely a sausage guy. Yeah. Uh, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, of course, um, you know, you can't have a good breakfast without some good coffee. Um, I drank a lot of that today. What about cereal? Where do you stand on cereal? I like cereal, but uh, I'm I'm a little picky on cereal. Cereal's like how long are we gonna keep this bit going? There's a there's a lot. (laughs) 
cereals. This episode has a weird when energy I was, to it. Uh, it. From when I was a kid that I, I'm not into anymore. But you know what? You know what is a. I kind of I, I like Frosted Flakes again. Frosted Flakes are good. Uh, yeah, those are good. I've been eating them lately. Yeah, um, I like Captain Crunch. Yeah, I you mean know, it's good old fiber glass. Your, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sugar. But S tier cereal is uh, Honey Bunches of Oats with almonds. Yeah, I've actually I fantastic. I've been a fan of that yeah. even since I was a kid. It's yeah. not even one of those ones I didn't like as a kid. I've no. always liked it. Yeah, when when I was a kid and I was like plain Cheerios, nah. Yeah. I still don't like plain Cheerios. No. It's got to be Honey Nut. Honey Nut least. Cheerios are are good. Though, uh, and yeah. then they have the chocolate and whatever. Yeah, my girlfriend likes regular Cheerios and and. We we compromise sometimes by I buy the honey nut Cheerios. Well, don't they have like the half and half ones sometimes and like whatever? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They have all kinds now. Che- Cheerio tier list. Cheerio Let's tier go. List. Now, yeah. anyways, what are you drinking? That's enough <laughs> of that bit. <laughs> I'm drinking uh, from Soulcraft Brewing out of Salida, Colorado, the Low Viz Hazy Pale Ale. Um, mm. it's just, uh, I mean, there's not much to say about it. It's just a really solid hazy pale ale. Um, can't go wrong with that. Soulcraft makes really, really Here, good stuff. You definitely stuff. should try one of these. Do you have Ooh, a bottle I, opener? Oh, yeah, I got it. All right. You can use mine too. This is Cody's. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, Soulcraft Brewing makes just really solid beers. Uh, the last year, I think it was last year, uh, or the year before, at the San Juan Brewfest, they like swept the floor with like their beers, like winning everything. Really? Yeah. Nice. I'm trying to see where Abita is from. Doesn't say. I could look it up, but I. Should we ask Chat GPT? Not bothered. No, we got to Let's continue to script before we. I mean, you can ask it real quick. Abita Brewing from. Out of. Louisiana. Is. I don't know if that's. Louis. That sounds right. Abita <laughs> Springs, Louisiana. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, it was founded in 1986. <laughs> is that what it says? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. 1986. And is known for producing a variety of crap beers, including Abita Amber, Purple Haze. Really? I thought a different brewery did that one. Um, Turbo Dog. You I know, mean, I know, guess AIs another brewery are not could do that. Always correct. One. <laughs> well, read the. Well, read the. Um, Disclaimer. Uh, before uh, later on, before we keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Louisiana. I mean, it probably just looked it up, just like you did. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's continue the script. So we got to what we were drinking. Yeah. They knew to do that segment, which is one of the things that scared me actually. Um, but you know, it, it's not scary yet. I'll, you'll know. Okay. If you if you're a long time listener. You'll definitely know. Colton will for sure know. <laughs> Good. Well, he should, unless he just doesn't care about it, about anything. But anyways. I'm not uh, I'm not a nihilist, Jackson. So let's just retrace our steps back to host two. Well, you've right, read where, it. Where were we? Where? Here. Oh. Well, I've got a nice cold beer here, and I, I know you've got something interesting as always. <laughs> yeah, I do. I found this weird new drink at the store called the Swamp Water. <laughs> it's green, it's fizzy, and it's supposed to taste like apple and lime. I would, tr- mm, I, I would try that. I mean, okay, yeah. 
Swamp waters. <laughs> I, I would definitely, see, I could definitely see a beer being called that. Oh, Easy. Yeah. yeah, there's some weird beer <laughs> names. Uh, okay, host two. <laughs> Laughs. Uh, la- <laughs> that sounds disgusting, but I'm sure it'll make for an interesting episode. I like the how the AI assumes that we would do a whole episode on like one beer, which it'd be a short episode. It'd be a short episode. <laughs> be like, but, oh, this um, is good. Hey, you know, <laughs> or mes- this is message, bad. message us uh, if if you want an if, episode, a really short, or like, at least for us a feature episode where we just talk beer. about one single beer, <laughs> and we have one can to share. Yeah, just share <laughs> yeah. a can of beer. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, let's hope so. So, what's on the agenda for today? Well, well, I thought we could talk about something that's been on my mind lately: conspiracy theories. <laughs> that that's what got me. Because we literally we Check did out a, our conspiracy theories. Episode. We have a couple of them, or just one of them. I can't remember. Did we do another one? I don't recall. We might have. Feels like we've done one, but I feel like or, we've talked about them in other contexts. Oh, we definitely talked about them. Um, anyways, <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But hear me out. I've been reading about this theory that the moon landing was faked. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. That one never gets old. You really think it's true? Well, I don't know, but some of the arguments are pretty convincing. They're not. <laughs> like the fact this that is the, the flag... AI speaking. Ap- not- the fact that the <laughs> flag appears to be waving in the wind, even though there's no atmosphere on the moon. Yeah, but that's just because they had to move the flagpole around to get it to stand up. Plus, there are plenty of other pieces of evidence to prove that the move landing was real, Colton. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm just saying. It's an interesting theory to think about. (laughs) All right, fair enough. Well, let's move on to something a little less controversial. How about we talk about our favorite movies of all time? Oh, now you're speaking my <laughs> language. I could talk about movies all day. Uh, wait, where are we? No, I okay. I know you could. So, what's your favorite movie? That's a tough one. There are so many great movies out there, but if I had to pick just one, I'd have to say The Godfather. You would, wouldn't you? It's a good, it's movie. A good movie. It yeah. is a good movie. Yeah, yeah. It is. yeah that's a classic. My favorite movie of all time is probably The Shawshank Redemption. Mm, that's also that's a good, a good movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nods. Another <laughs> great one. <laughs> you can never go good, never go wrong with a good prison movie. True that. All right. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. Thanks for tuning in to the Odd Drunk Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Roll that outro. Psych. That's not actually the end of the episode. No, it is. Yeah. That's the end. That's I'm going home. <laughs> Man, I wish they could all we go like that. We still have more beers to drink. I Jackson. wish they could all go like that. Hey, what's your favorite movie? I don't know. Godfather, maybe. Oh, cool. All right, see you later. <laughs> what a riveting episode that would be. Anyways, um, so I already have some um, results. Um, just to, I, I, you know, just to make sure we can get some good ones. Uh, you can start playing around with it. Um, I got some ideas. It's really fun to give it like movie scripts. But um, one of the other things I've been messing around with uh, Chat GPT is that um, you can get it to like write you a song and whatever mm-hmm. style, whatever band you want. 
And you and then I was like, can it do like an album? Ooh. And then I said, write a terrible Weezer album. <laughs> and they, I could have been really funny there and been like, oh, there's already a terrible Weezer. <laughs> no, um, so it said, of course, whenever you ask an opinionated question, it's always going to say this. As an AI language model, I don't want to criticize or insult any specific musician or album. Weezer has many devoted oh, fans wow. who love their music. And what one person That's considers terrible might be someone else's favorite album. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. But Weezer fans either just like are on their knees praying to Rivers Cuomo or they happen to hate all their music. Yeah. That's your two different Weezer fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Blue Album or Bust or Pinkerton or Bust or Maldroy, whatever. Yeah. And then they hate the rest. Um but anyways, however, I can try to come up with a hypothetical concept for a Weezer album that some people might enjoy. And this is where I laughed my ass off, like out, out loud, because I asked it to write a terrible album. And then it was like, blah, 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 opinions. But then it said, title, Weezer Goes Country. <laughs> Track list. This is really good. Uh, number one, Cowboy Hat Blues. <laughs> My Tractor's Broken Heart. Honky Tonk Hash Pipe. <laughs> I want to hear that song. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Line Dancing in the Garage. Tennessee Tired. I don't know if that's a reference to a song. Uh, Redneck Island in the Sun. <laughs> oh my God. Hillbilly Holiday. Beverly Hills Country Version. <laughs> <laughs> Try on that one. Yeehaw in the morning. And then my all time favorite, Boot Scootin' Buddy Holly. <laughs> and it Boot says, uh, and it elaborates uh, the album features Weezer's signature catchy melodies and power pop sound, but with a distinct country twist. The lyrics are filled with references to pickup trucks, cowboy hats, and line dancing, and many of the songs featuring twangy guitar riffs and fiddle solos. I want to hear this album. <laughs> Rivers Cuomo, if you're listening. I got to hear Honky Talk Hats. <laughs> this is your next project. And Boot Scootin' Buddy Holly. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had earlier, I was messing around with it a little bit, I had this AI uh, come up with a, a horror, a short horror story for us. Because you know how much we love spooky stuff. Yeah, that's like some of our yeah. best performing so, like our top three yeah. episodes are all weird. <laughs> so, so this is a things. short horror story. Okay, let's go. That uh, ChatGPT came up with. Uh, Jackson and Colton were two friends who loved talking about all things horror. They decided to start a podcast where they could share their thoughts on the latest horror movies, TV shows, and books. One night, they were recording an episode about a new horror movie that had just been released. As they were discussing the plot. Oh, stop. Speaking of new horror movies that just released, yeah. uh, this is going to be our little bit of news here. I just saw on opening night because I, I was just on my phone on break at work. And I was like, oh, fuck. Evil Dead Rises out. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to go. Yeah. And because I figured I'm, I've been so busy. I've only been getting one day off. I've been working six day weeks, working like 11 hours a day. 12 hours a day and driving. And well, anyways, I saw Evil Dead Rise and 
I want to say I was skeptical. I, I was just... I didn't let the hype get to me because I'm a huge mm. Evil Dead fan, diehard Evil Dead fan. I've seen all the movies except for the, the 2013 one, which I plan on seeing soon. Yeah. So then I can say I've seen all of them. But um, <laughs> Evil Dead Rise, without... I mean, just a quick little review without going on a huge tangent here, is definitely... I mean, it's hard to include Army of Darkness in the equation because that one's just yeah. so different, and yeah, I love yeah. it. But yeah, um, it's, great movie, it's just but... <laughs> a comedy action adventure. But um, Evil Dead Rise is probably like my second favorite Evil Dead movie. Nice. Re- the only, really, the only reason it would be number two is just because it doesn't feature Bruce Bruce Campbell as Ash. Um, yeah. But I'm kind of glad it doesn't. It's its own thing. But it's well within the Evil Dead universe. Do, do you it's think connected. They, so, so this whole idea with Evil Dead Rise, where they're they're taking this idea of just taking the Necronomicon and putting it into a setting, you think that could work for more movies? Well, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi were talking about because they're executive producers on this. Like they're all behind this, and um, their plan is to have more Evil Dead movies like release every couple years instead of nice. waiting ten years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one's an L- it's a different setting. It's an LA high rise, and it's not like a fancy LA high rise. No, it's a dilapidated apartment building. Yeah, you know, it's falling apart. You know, yeah. So an and, LA high rise, and yeah, <laughs> and you, you would know more. Um, but it's a this one's also got a twi- another twist that it's about a family unit. Mm. The other one's just random teenagers and Ash, you know, groovy, groovy, et cetera. Chainsaw hand, groovy, but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but this one feels you you don't you know how in a lot of horror movies like slashers, Evil Dead included, like you don't really care about the characters. Yeah, you're yeah. like, yeah, I can't wait to see this guy get killed, even if they're not particularly like a bad person. You're, it's just but, like but I don't care. You're in the movie, for but the in this one, it's stuff. a family, and you're like, oh my god, these are kids. Oh yeah, and uh oh, mom's a deadite now. Uh oh, and yeah. yeah, they found the book and everything, but uh, it's definitely way more on the scary, gruesome, gory side. But it still has the right amount of um, camp in there. Just a little. Just a little comedy in there. You know, it feels like Evil Dead yeah. just turned up to 11. Nice. And they used, like, Lee, the director, Lee Cronin, he's new up and coming. I think he did a movie called Hole in the Ground. Um, he used – it's mostly practical effects, too. There's some CG Ooh. moments, but it's a lot of practical effects. And they used, um, like – 6,000 liters of blood of <laughs> movie, uh, Hollywood movie blood. Nice. And it just looks sticky. It's gross. Yeah. It's rude. Uh, the, the, the two types <laughs> and, of... Um, I, I'm not always all about, like, super bloody stuff in um, in Hollywood, with the exception being... Uh, and there's a Shining reference with the yeah, but, but elevator. The, the exception being uh, when it's either, like, really gross sticky blood or, like, Monty Python blood. The actors are like covered in gross, sticky. Yeah. Like it and looks off, off, hot. Often, you know? some directors, some warm land, land somewhere in between those two. Yeah, but it's um, 
the leading actress, uh, I think her name's Lily Sullivan. I may be wrong on that, but she does a great job. She doesn't quite live up to Ash, but pretty good for a prota- uh, good protagonist. It's really hard really to hard. live up to Bruce Campbell. Yeah, it really is. main character. It's, uh, <laughs> his charisma and He's humor. Great. But um, the standout, though, is the uh, Le- uh, Lisa Suth- Sutherland, Australian actress, who plays the mom. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. first she just plays normal mom just trying to make it by in la trying to take care of kids single single mom and then she gets possessed by the deadite that's in the trailer that's not a spoiler fuck yeah yeah, um i saw the trailer it's evil dead people are gonna get possessed by deadites okay yeah um and people are gonna die me (laughs) saying people die in this movie is not a spoiler i hate when people are like you're like oh there's a car chase in this movie oh spoiler it's like shut up it's a car chase movie. You know that's not a spoiler. <laughs> but like. um, she does a great job. Like, when she makes that tra- transition to Deadite, she just really hams it up. Nice. Has a lot of fun with it. And um, I like, the, the I kids like, do a I good like job. a horror movie that uh, knows how to be scary when it needs to, but also knows how to ham it up when it needs to. And uh. <laughs> and when it comes to the, the violence, I may have exaggerated a little bit when I told you about it. Yes, it is very gory. It's gruesome. It, uh-huh. it makes you cringe, you know. Um, and it's definitely not for if you have, if you got a weak stomach, you know. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but it's believable violence. It's stuff that could actually yeah. happen. It's not like fantastical violence that you would see in a cartoon or yeah, you know, yeah. like some adult uh, anime. No, it's like. Oh, earrings getting ripped out and the cheese grater scene. Oh, God, the cheese grater scene, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's stuff that, like, realistically could happen, which makes it even worse because it's, since oh, yeah. it's more grounded in that way. Yeah, in some ways um, that's where that makes it uh, more. Yeah, but it's, ugh, it's, it chills down your spine. It's intense, it's fast and frenetic. Like, there's only a couple scenes where it really lingers on whatever the dead eye does to somebody yeah it's a lot of quick stuff but it does show it but it doesn't it doesn't just make you sit there and watch someone you know get stabbed in the eyeball for five minutes or whatever it's it's quick <laughs> um but no i honestly i have no complaints about this movie well i have a few complaints but they're spoiler territory yeah um but even those really don't uh, weigh the movie down. I, I mean, as an Evil Dead fan, I put it right behind Evil Dead 2. Um, yeah, one of those movies where you're just like, it's just a good time. It's and if just... I was going to give it a rating, like 9 out of 10. Nice. I mean, it, it's really good. I'm going to have to um, see that. Yeah. Yeah, you um, should. I, I know you're not like a horror movie guy, but, yeah, but I've gotten ex- you into them. There's a few exceptions. <laughs> yeah, you, you've, I've got you, your foot in the door. You've gotten me to warm up to horror movies a bit, and there are exceptions. There are a few horror movies that I, I love. Well, uh, and this movie, it, it's if you're just a fan of good movies, this is also yeah. good for that reason. The cinematography, I mean, like it has all those fast zoom-in camera shots that Sam Raimi yeah uh pioneered yeah um, i love i love and it um, has that sam Raimi energy to I, it i love anything sam Raimi. it's a you know, basically has. essentially what they've done to wrap it up they've done a new and unique evil dead story but that feels within that universe nice like it's 
Yeah. And, and it doesn't, you know, linger on trying to make overt connections. But if mm-hmm. you're a fan, you'd be like, oh, that shot looks just like the shot from the other one. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I get that Easter egg. You know, that kind of stuff. But yeah. it's not like nostalgia bait. And I've seen some people say yeah. that it is. And it really isn't. Because the only things nostalgia it does is just the way it's filmed. Yeah. Which is integral to Evil Dead. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's it nostalgia has, to film it that It has to way. have that Sam Raimi energy to it. Yeah. You know? and, uh, it achieves it. Yeah. And it's... And it on a $15 million budget, it made like 23 and a half its opening weekend. So it's... Uh, it's doing good. Nice. And um, hopefully we'll get more. I don't know. And the idea is to, exactly what you said earlier, put the Necronomicon in different time periods or different yeah, settings. I think that's a cool concept. And then, you know, evil what, dead it. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> uh, and, you know, now there is one Easter egg that hints at the greater like story, what could be happening here. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely a huge spoiler. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, really good. It's it good. Uh, set, Sorry. Set, set in the scene here, you know. I had to. Uh, I almost forgot to talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so set in scene, though. Uh, one night they were recording an episode about a new horror movie that had just been released. As they were discussing the plot, they started to hear strange noises in the background. At first, they thought it could just be the wind outside or a glitch in the recording equipment. Yeah, that happens. Microphone artifacts. And... But the noises continued, growing louder and more ominous as each, with each Uh-oh. passing minute. Suddenly, the lights in the room flickered. They're, they're flickering. There you go. Uh- <laughs> And went out completely, leaving Jackson and Coulson in complete darkness. They tried to turn on their flashlights, but they wouldn't work either. I don't have any flashlights in here. I have my app. Oh, yeah, I guess I have my phone. (laughs) My phone one. Uh, (laughs) That's when they heard it. A deep, guttural, growling sound coming from somewhere in the room. They couldn't see anything, but they could feel the presence of something menacing and dangerous. And then they smelled it. (laughs) Panicking, they tried to run for the door, but it wouldn't budge. They were trapped with no way out. The growling grew louder and closer until they could feel hot breath on their necks. They knew that they were in grave danger and that their love of horror had led them (laughs) to a nightmare they couldn't escape. Oh, no. And so the last episode of their podcast was never released. And their fate remains a mystery to this. Wow, day. I love the ambiguity there. Yeah, that was that was fun. I I told it. I told it simply. Uh, uh, can you write a short horror story about Jackson and Colton hosting a podcast? Nice. And, and it came up with that. <laughs> uh, I I think that's pretty good. <laughs> it's not the most riveting short story. No, but it's you know it's. But uh, for an AI, I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Definitely fun that uh, it did that. Um, I uh, gave it a prompt for a high-concept action film starring Keanu Reeves and Jack Black. (laughs) (laughs) Title, Double Trouble. (laughs) Plot, Keanu Reeves stars as Jack Steele, a suave and deadly secret agent with a license to kill. 
Jack Black stars okay. as Buddy Johnson, a hapless and bumbling slacker who gets <laughs> caught up in Jack Steele's dangerous mission. When Jack Steele is framed for a crime he didn't commit, he must team up with Buddy Johnson to clear his name and take down the shadowy organization behind a conspiracy. Together, Jack and Buddy uh, embark on a wild and explosive adventure across the globe, <laughs> battling hordes of deadly assassins, dodging high-speed chases, and engaging in heart-stopping shootouts. Along the way, they encounter a cast of colorful characters, including a brilliant hacker, <laughs> a ruthless mer mercenary, and a seductive fiend fatale. As the stakes get higher and the danger mounts, Jack and Buddy must rely on their wits, their skills, and their unlikely friendship to stay alive and save the day. Their unlikely friendship? Mm -hmm. Wow. With explosive action, hilarious comedy, and heartwarming moments of camaraderie, Double Trouble is a high-octane thrill ride that will leave audiences cheering for more. Director, Edgar Wright. Nah, which nice yeah i mean i definitely watched uh, that edgar wright directed a movie with jack black and keanu reeves i would <laughs> I, would, I would definitely go watch that take uh, my money now yeah <laughs> tagline this is where this is the best part this is why i saved it honestly okay <laughs> um two heads are better than one unless they're both wanted by every assassin in the world <laughs> Yeah. Oh my. Well, anyways, God. Uh, I do have some other ones, but let's let's get some fresh responses. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's, um, let's play around with it live here. Yeah. Well, you know, well, as live as 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 this podcast you could expect is, from yeah. us. <laughs> so, by the way, this French toast stout, good, really, really, that's, really that's good stuff. I would buy yeah. that. Yeah. It's a limited release too, so get it while you can. Mm, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think we carry a beat of brewing at uh, the store I work at, but uh, I might have to go out and s go to where you say might start. Have to go to Star Star, Star Liquor. Yep. Mm, I'd be a traitor, but it might be <laughs> worth it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's literally in walking distance, so you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk in there with my work sweater on. <laughs> Anyway, what's your eating liquor score? <laughs> uh, you wanna you wanna give it another movie script? Yeah, yeah, let's give it a it seems to be fun. So um, um what kind of movie? What what mm. do you think? Action, horror, comedy, rom com, perhaps? A rom com. Indie rom com. An indie rom com. <laughs> um so Okay. So write wanna... write a script for an indie rom com. We could just leave it there, but let's make this more interesting. Uh, who is it? Who 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 do we want to star in this? Starring uh, Timothy Oliphant. Mm, good choice. How do you spell Oliphant? As the leading man. Uh, um, just see if it figures it out. That <laughs> uh, seems right. Well, uh, you spelled Timothy wrong. Definitely, I did, I did spell Timothy. <laughs> You spelled Oliphant right. <laughs> um, okay, so Timothy Oliphant is the leading man. With starring Timothy Oliphant. Who's the... We have to have the leading man, antagonist, and love interest. So... And well, the AI will figure out who's who, I guess. But uh, uh, so we'll just we'll just we'll just throw in a few names here. Timothy Oliphant. Um, uh, how about? Um, Renee Zellweger. 
Grenade. Also, that's another hard one to spell. I'm Why sorry. are you giving me hard things to spell? <laughs> okay, gotcha. let's do uh, uh, Zoe Saldana. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> What's what? She's only one of the biggest movie stars ever. So, Saldana? S A L D A N A, I think. Okay, and then, good enough. And then one more, maybe. Um, uh, you can pick this one. And uh, you got to put a wild card in there too. And Craig, Craig Ferguson. Ferguson. <laughs> good. Is he who I'm thinking he is? Uh, he is the Scottish guy that hosted that late show before Seth Meyers took over. Okay. And it was like really weird. <laughs> okay. Because like you know how late shows like. Like he would do stuff like, you know, how late show he's always, they do bits. They always, whatever. well, they always have their, their sidekick guy who like feeds yeah. them jokes and stuff. His sidekick guy was just like a skeleton. I got to watch that. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> it was a great it's show. It's often the sidekick guy that saves those shows for me. Like it, with Jimmy Fallon, like his is. sidekick guy makes it so much funnier. Yeah, it is. I don't know his name though. All right. <laughs> All right. Title, Love in the City. Opening scene. Timothy Oliphant's character, Jake, is walking down a busy street in downtown Seattle. He's a successful lawyer, but he's feeling unfulfilled and disconnected from his life. He stops to get a coffee at a local cafe where he meets Zoe Saldana's character, Mia, who's a struggling artist working as a barista. Cool. Jake. Oh, it's got lines. Yeah, yeah. This is, you told wow. us, we told it to write a script. It's giving us yeah, a script. I thought it was just going to give us like an okay. outline. Do you want You want to do this? Uh, yeah, I'll be uh, uh, Mia. Okay, you be Mia. I'll be so I'll be Jake. on this character. Yeah. <laughs> and do your best Timothy um, Olivet impersonation. He's just a guy. Just a regular yeah, guy. Yeah, he's just honestly. a regular guy. I don't know. So what just play that, it straight. Yeah, straight. <laughs> uh, hi there. Can I get you a latte? Oh, of course. No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, of course. Anything else? No, just a latte. <laughs> okay. Or can I get a latte? All right. No, just a latte. Okay. Uh, making a latte. So what brings you to Seattle? Shrugs. Work mostly. I'm a lawyer. Ah, uh, the glamorous life. Ha! <laughs> not exactly. What about you? What do you do? I'm an artist. Well, I'm trying to be anyway. Really? What kind of art do you make? Mostly paintings, abstract stuff mostly. That's really cool. I'd love to see some of your work sometime. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll show you sometime. They exchange numbers in part ways. And this is some wooden dialogue. I gotta, I gotta get a narrator voice. Oh, yeah. They exchange numbers in part ways. Jake can't stop thinking about Mia and her art, and he starts to question his own life choices. Meanwhile, <laughs> Craig Ferguson's character, Charlie, is Jake's best friend and confident. Uh, so I guess you're, you'd be Charlie now. Why would I? I well, bet... because Jake's in the scene. Oh, true. Yeah. So you met a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do Scottish. You don't have to. Uh, Imagine a Scottish yeah, person. Right. So you met a girl, huh? Tell me about her. Yeah, her name is Mia. She's an artist, and she's really amazing. Wow, sounds like you're smitten. Yeah, I guess I am. But I don't know if I'm ready for something serious, you know? Skeptical. Uh, what's holding you back? <laughs> Pausing. I don't know. I feel like I'm just going through the motions, you know? I'm a successful lawyer. Is that all there is to life? 
I get it. But maybe Mia can help you see things differently. You never know. Jake starts to spend more time with Mia, visiting her studio and learning about her art. He starts to pay, see the beauty and creativity in the world, and he falls in love with Mia in the process. Jay, now you're Mia again. Okay, okay. You know, I've always thought I was too practical for art, but being around you, I've realized that art is just as important as anything else in life. I'm glad you see that. You inspire me too, you know? <laughs> they share a kiss, and the movie ends with them walking down the street hand in hand with Charlie walking behind Smiling. <laughs> What a fucking creep. Why is he following them? Well, it's an indie movie. They got through some kind of weird... Why is an old Scottish guy following them? (laughs) Alright, that was... That was, uh... Fine. Oh, you show me... Yeah. He's an old Scottish Uh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. Um, Okay, let's do something... That wasn't as funny as I was hoping it would be. Well... Uh, yeah, it didn't really get the comedy aspect of it. Yeah, except, it for, except for Craig Ferguson stalking them at the yeah, end. Yeah. That, that was, was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> That's the twist. He's a stalker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, What are you thinking? Um, we could ask questions. Yeah. But... It has to be fact based, but that's mm, boring. Let's yeah. th- let's do something. Um, let's do. Let's see. What do you got? Ooh, a poem about beer. <laughs> wow, you should have done a haiku. <laughs> Okay, well, okay. Uh, Write a haiku about beer. Okay. Uh, Golden brew divine. Hops and barley dance and lion. Beer forever mine. (laughs) There you go. There's a haiku on beer. Did they get the syllables right? I I, I don't know. I don't remember. Golden brew divine. That's five. Hops and barley dance in the dance in line. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, five seven five. Yeah. Um. Okay. We 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 can. We okay. Can, let's can, write a movie. We can uh, do let's better. write a yeah. crazy movie. Just like doesn't make any sense. Okay. Um. Let's write a high concept action film. Starring. Starring. Okay. Um, Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Don Cheadle. Because he will do anything for a paycheck. Throw Don Cheadle in there. And. I'm probably misspelling all of these. (laughs) Okay. And character actor. Willem Dafoe. Spelled character wrong, Colton. Shut up. <laughs> Is there any more information we should give it? Um, in which, uh, w- what's a 
a plot. What's a plot device you want to throw in there? Like, oh, robots taking over the world, or uh... I think we should go all the way back to the nineties. Okay, and which say, could be like Terminator Two. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm, um, I'm thinking, uh, they have to stop an asteroid they... from destroying the moon. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. It's got to be more than that, though. It has to be higher con. It's high okay. concept. I, okay. Uh, <laughs> In which they have to stop an asteroid controlled by Let's ninjas. Let's stop the uh, asteroid <laughs> con- con- from assassinating. <laughs> um, comedian Joe Rogan. <laughs> And it's also a ninja. <laughs> because a ninja assassin. Uh, so Ninja stop, asteroid. Stop a ninja asteroid, asteroid from, from assassinating Joe Rogan. In the year 20XX. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> title Asteroid Ninja Assassination okay. Yo, Let me do mine <clears throat> In the year 20XX The world is thrown into chaos When a secret organization Discovers a ninja asteroid <laughs> hur- hur- Hurtling towards Earth The asteroid they say Is capable <laughs> Is capable Of pinpoint accuracy And its target is none other than Joe Rogan the beloved podcast host and cultural icon. Enter Jason Statham's character, a skilled mercenary of a troubled past, and Don Cheadle's character, a brilliant astrophysicist who has been tracking the asteroid's movements. Together, their task was stopping the asteroid and saving Joe Rogan's life. But they are not alone. Along the way, they recruit the help of Willem Dafoe's character, a retired ninja master who has been living in seclusion. <laughs> Dafoe's character knows the ninja arts better than anyone, and he's their only hope in stopping the asteroid. As they track the asteroid's movements, they find out it's being guided by a rogue ninja faction, led by the Igan. Ig- Enigmatic figure known as the Shadow. The Shadow is determined to assassinate Joe Rogan, and he'll stop at nothing to make sure his plan succeeds. Statham, Cheadle, and Defoe must use their skills and wits to infiltrate the Shadow's lair and stop him before it's too late. Along the way, they face deadly traps, fierce ninjas, and impossible odds. In the film's climax, Statham faces off against the Shadow in a final battle, while Cheadle and Defoe work to disable the asteroid's guidance system. The fate of the world rests in their hands, and they won't let it fall. In the end, they succeed, saving Joe Rogan and preventing the asteroid from striking Earth. Statham, Cheadle, and Defoe walk away, knowing that they saved the world once again! Ooh. <laughs> Is this a sequel? (laughs) They're setting up a prequel. (laughs) This is a sequel. (laughs) Either this is the first one. This is the. I'd like to imagine this is the first one, but they're setting up for a prequel story. Okay. Where you learn. I'm wondering, big question, who plays the shadow? Hmm. In the 90s. Okay, this is a good test of the AI. 
Will it know that we're referencing to the previous? Oh, oh it says I intentionally left the character the shadow choice. unspecified to leave open interpretation or casting choices. However, if you were to cast the role, you should you could consider actors okay. known for playing enigmatic and mysterious characters, Javier such Bar- as Javier Bardem, <laughs> Benicio del Toro, or Mads Mikkelsen, among others. Nice. That's good. Oh, I'm impressed. I would. I would <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. The movie scripts are so. Fun. Wait, wait. Uh, write a movie that is a uh, prequel. Okay. To what? Uh, Asteroid Ninja <laughs> Assassination. Okay, now you're really testing it. Yep. Let's see what. Shadow of the Ninja. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Set years before the events of Asteroid Ninja assassination, Shadow of the Ninja tells the story of mysterious. Fi- oh, so now we learn the backstory. Uh, wow. Okay, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> who is who is played by possibly Mads Javier Bardem, Mads Mikkelsen, or Benicio, Benicio del, del Toro? Toro. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> tells the story of a mysterious figure known as the Shadow and his rise to power within the ninja underworld. The film centers around a young man named Kenji who grows up in a small village in feudal Japan. Where does this take place? I mean, when? <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. Kenji d- dreams Japan, of becoming a great ninja. Yeah, it's a prequel. Uh, Kenji dreams of becoming a great ninja like his father, who was killed by a rival clan when Kenji was still a child. After years of training... Kenji sets out to seek revenge against his father's killers, but he soon realizes that he's in over his head. He's captured and brought before the leader of the rival clan who sees potential in Kenji and offers him a choice. Join their ranks or die. Kenji chooses to join the clan and begin training under the tutelage of the Shadow, a mysterious and enigmatic figure who leads the clan with an iron fist. Under his guidance, Kenji becomes a skilled and deadly ninja, but he also begins to uncover the dark secrets of the clan. As Kenji rises through the ranks, he becomes increasingly conflicted about his allegiance. So, oh, so they're giving him that, uh, you know, you, 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 yeah. you feel for him. You know, so, so I don't. I don't think Kenji is the shadow, though. It's he's the, working yeah, for he's, the shadow. So it still doesn't answer the, the origins <laughs> wow. of the, the well, shadow. Well, because it's a trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, uh, becomes incre- increasingly conflicted about his allegiance to the clan and a sense of honor. He discovers the shadow has his own agenda and is willing to s- sacrifice anyone to achieve his goals. In the film's climax, Kenji must choose between his loyalty to clan and his sense of justice as he faces off against a shadow in the final battle. Mm. The film sets the stage for the events of Asteroid Ninja Assassination, revealing the origins of the villain and providing a deeper understanding of the world of ninja warfare. All right, now I have to, I have to ask it. Write the sequel. Who plays the shadow? Or Kenji, yeah. Who plays Kenji? It's probably going to say, oh, but I, I left it a mystery, blah, 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 because <laughs> I don't even think you have to write that, but go for it. Character Kenji in prequel could be played by a number of uh, talented actors, depending on the specific tone of vision of the film. Some actors who could potentially bring depth and complexity to role Kenji include 
Ryo Kese. Yos- oh, I know him. He Who, was in. Who's that? No, the second guy, uh, Yosuke um, Kabuzuka. I think Kabuzuka? he was in John Wick Four. Oh. Uh, Joe? I don't know them though. I don't know. But cool. Stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> right. The final finale. Okay. <laughs> I've never done this, but I, we're yeah, we're taking this new places. Only the only thing I've done is ask movie script, not oh, write the prequel, then the sequel. We're making a trilogy who, here. We're making yeah. <laughs> Title: Rogue Asteroid Rising. Oh, so the asteroid comes back into play. That, ah, yes, that's good. <laughs> okay, all right. In the final installment yeah, of Asteroid Ninja Assassination Trilogy, the world is in chaos as rogue asteroids threaten to collide with Earth. The surviving members of the Ninja Clan, led by Jason Statham's character and his team, team, must once again come together to stop asteroids and save humanity. Nice. However, ties it all together. they are not alone in their mission. The mysterious figure known as the Shadow has returned, and this time he has an army of his own. Wow. Don Cheadle's character and his team, along with their new ally, ally played by Willem Dafoe, joins forces with Jason Statham and his team to take on the Shadow and his army of ninja warriors. So there's a whole army of ninjas now. Nice. As the battle rages on, it becomes clear that the Shadow has an even more sinister plan than just destroying the world with asteroids. He reveals that he has developed a weapon that can control the asteroids and intends to use it to rule the world. Of course. In a climactic showdown, Jason Statham and the Shadow face off in an epic battle on the surface of one of the rogue (laughs) asteroids. Hurtling towards Earth. (laughs) Don Cheadle and his team work to disable the Shadow's weapons while Willem Dafoe's character fights off the Ninja Warriors. Nice. We get to have a Willem Dafoe fight scene, too. Um, Just as all seems lost, a final unexpected twist occurs. It reveals... Reveal that the shadow <gasps> is actually an alien. Wow. <laughs> His true intention is not to rule, rule the world, but to save it from a greater what? threat, a massive alien armada that is on its way to destroy what? Earth. <laughs> In a last-ditch effort, Jason Statham and the oh shadow work together to use the weapon to divert the rogue asteroids and destroy the alien armada. Whoa. In the end, they are successful, and the Earth is saved. As the heroes enjoy celebrate their victory, they mourn the loss of those who did not survive the battle. Damn. The trilogy ends with Jason Statham's character and his team disbanding, content in the knowledge that they have saved the world from certain destruction. Holy shit. <laughs> that was I intense. never saw that coming. <laughs> we got we got a trilogy. We got to get these movies made. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get them made. Sounds sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm going to call Kevin Feige right now. <laughs> yeah, he's on speed dial. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I yell at him whenever he makes, whenever they do a bad one. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Kevin Feige just has like everyone, after every, every, every <laughs> once in a while, he just has a voicemail from an unknown number on his phone that's just like, <laughs> you did a bad one. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That All right, was great. That was great. Maybe we can go back to movie scripts because those are a lot of fun. Yeah, 
Um, but let's do something a little different. Um, I mean, I mean, there's plenty of things we could do. Let's do no. another podcast script. Okay. Um, but let's make it a specific episode. We could base it off one of our previous episodes or something we would like to do. Or just nonsense. Write a script for... The Drunk Podcast, of course. About. Hmm. Let's do about... Hmm. I, want, I want it to be funny, of course. Yeah. Or interesting. <laughs> what, what? You thought of something. <laughs> I'm afraid, though. What is it? You can't do anything, like, no, no, explicit. No, we're not going to do that. What were you going to do? No, we're not going to do it. What are you going to do? We're not going to do it. A podcast, a drunk podcast about dreams. Dreams. We haven't done another dreams episode in a while, so. And when I say a while, like years. <laughs> so. Starring. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, maybe it'll, it'll make it more. Accurate for us. Our drunk podcast intro music plays as they crack open, as Jackson and Colton crack open their beers. I don't have a beer to crack open, but uh, it's already open. All right. Oh, it's. There you go. It's going. Okay. Hold on. All right. (laughs) Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Drunk Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that's been on our minds lately dreams. Yeah, dreams are weird, man. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Have you ever had a dream that felt so real that it almost felt like it actually happened? Oh, absolutely. I had this one dream where I was flying and it felt so real when I woke that when I woke up, <laughs> I was disappointed that I couldn't fly in real life. I know what you mean. I once had a dream. I was at a beach party of all my friends, and we were having the time of our lives. But when I woke up, I realized it was just a dream, and I felt kind of sad. It's depressing. (laughs) Okay. Dreams can be powerful, man. They can evoke all sorts of emotions and feelings. And sometimes they can be downright bizarre. I once had a dream I was being chased by a giant taco. A taco? What the hell? I know, right? But the weirdest thing, that I wasn't even scared. I was more annoyed that the giant taco was ruining my dream. (laughs) That's hilarious. I had a dream once where I was in a zombie apocalypse, and I had to fight off the undead with nothing but a spatula. A spatula? Why a spatula? I have no idea. Dreams are weird like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they definitely are. But you know what's even weirder? When you have a dream within a dream. (laughs) Oh, that's the worst. It's like you can't even escape the dream world. Yeah, it's like Inception or something. (laughs) You start to question what's real and what's not. Colton, take sips of beer. Yep. 
Well, I think it's safe to say that dreams are strange and a mysterious part of our lives. Absolutely. And with that, I think we'll wrap up this episode of the Odd Drunk Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Until next time, cheers. Well, they have a better tagline than us. <laughs> Literally. We end every episode with like, okay, oh, I, see, see you next week, whatever. <laughs> Maybe. We we used to, in the early days, try to actually have like taglines at the end and stuff and actually have, well, we have send-offs. We have taglines throughout, kind but, of. But uh, but these days, we just uh, we just go. And yeah. the Odd Drop Podcast <laughs> outro music plays as the hosts finish their beers. Ah, see, this what this um, chat GPT doesn't know is that we've already we, finished. We, <laughs> that we we don't, uh, we don't we don't play we the, don't play the, the outro live. live. So we're we're not drinking our beers as it's the outro post. is playing. Yeah, I mean you can imagine. We do sit here for about a minute though, and imagine. I um, we close our eyes when we end it. When we stop recording, we all close our eyes. And sit here in silence and imagine <laughs> the outro music playing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we do. Mm. All right, let's do... Um, let's write a song. Mm, yes. Let's do a song. I have one of these if you want. Cool. Um... Right, a song. Should we do it like in the style of? Yeah, yeah. Let's do. Uh, let's write. Um, write a song in the style of "Me First and the Gimme Gimmies." About. Um. About. Uh. You have to come up with something good, cause Dark Souls. Ooh, that <laughs> is a good one. <laughs> okay, verse one. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I started playing Dark Souls with nothing left to lose. I picked a cla- my class and weapon and tightened up my shoes. I fought my <laughs> way through hallways with skeletons to slay. I knew that every bonfire. Could be my last safe place. Chorus. Dark Souls, <laughs> why do you taunt me so? Dark Souls, I just can't let you go. My shield is up. My sword is drawn. Dark Souls, I'm never going to move on. Verse uh, 2. Imagine a cool dun, little The bosses seemed impossible. <laughs> Their strength beyond compare. I died a hundred times but never lost my flair. I learned their moves, their patterns, and the tricks that they would play. And when I finally <laughs> beat them, it felt like my finest day. And then the chorus repeats, of course. Yeah, and, and then and then a bridge. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and when I finally reached the end, I felt a sense of pride. I knew that I had conquered the challenge deep inside. <laughs> I kept on <laughs> playing, kept on fighting till the end of time. Dark Souls, you'll never break me. I'm yours as you are mine. <laughs> Every Dark Souls fan. <laughs> and then there's uh, another chorus. chorus. Outro, Dark Souls, I'm never going to move on. And it just repeats that three times. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I, think, I think I should... Um, we should record that. I, I think we should we should record a whole album that is... AI-based. AI-generated AI lyrics. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we'd still have to do the music. 
Well, in theory, you could get the AI to do it too. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as long as long, long as we're honest about like, hey, this is AI this generated, is AI. then yeah. we won't get in any trouble about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Okay, I'm feeling Dark Souls. Okay. Uh, I have an idea. Okay. Let's see. Come up with Dark Souls boss. What is it? That is uh, inspired by Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but it's a boss. Yes. Okay. Well, I want to see what name the trash <laughs> man <laughs> description. The trash man is a hulking garbage covered monster that roams the streets of a ruined city. It has a muscular humanoid body with limbs made of twisted metal and scraps of machinery. <laughs> His face is obscured by a rusted metal mass that resembles a trash can lid. The trash man attacks with brutal swings of his massive metal fists and can hurl garbage at the player. From a I'm the trash man. And I eat garbage. Um, background. The trash man was once a simple garbage collector in the city, but the undead curse transformed him into a monstrous abomination. He now roams the streets collecting and hoarding trash and debris. He fiercely protective his territory and will attack any outsiders who wander in his domain. Strategy. Strats. Nice. <laughs> the trash man is a tough opponent with high defense and devastating attacks. The player must dodge his punches, punches and avoid getting hit by the garbage he throws. The best strategy is to stay mobile and use range attacks. Oh, uh, you just cheese him. Okay. Attacks to chip away at his health. The trash man is vulnerable to fire damage. Ooh. So fire-based weapons and spells are effective against him. Defeating, information. Defeating the trash man rewards the player with a trash-covered treasure chest that contains rare loot, including the trash man's mask, a helmet that provides high defense against physical attacks. That was awesome. Nice. Really uh, like let's that. do a Dark Souls boss. I like this. I like it. Okay. The strats is what got me. Um, let's do a Dark Souls boss inspired by SpongeBob. Okay. SquarePants. Okay. Name, King Jellyfish. Okay. Description. King Jellyfish is a massive, electrified jellyfish that looms over the ocean floor. Its glowing body emits bolts of lightning that can shock the player and cause significant damage. The jellyfish tendrils are razor sharp and can slice through even the most durable armor. Background. The King Jellyfish was once a peaceful creature, content to float in the ocean and feed on plankton. However... When the undead curse took hold, its body was infused with dark energy, transforming it into a fearsome <laughs> boss. King Jellyfish now guards the depths of the ocean, attacking any who dare enter its territory. You know, I, I know this is a joke thing, but there was hints in Dark Souls 3 about the age of the deep sea. Yeah. And yeah. some kind of underwater, like, Bioshock Souls-like game would be sick. Just that saying. would be rad, yeah. 
Anyways. Strategy. Okay. The players must navigate the electrified waters of the arena while dodging King Jellyfish's lightning attacks. Uh, of course. The yeah. best strategy is to use a lightning-resistant shield and avoid getting too close to the jellyfish's tendrils. The player can also deal significant damage to the boss by attacking its glowing weak of spot. Of course. Of course, <laughs> a glowing weak spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, magic-based attacks are also effective against the jellyfish. Defeating King Jellyfish war- war- rewards the players with the Jellyfish Sting Sword, a powerful weapon that inflicts lightning damage on its enemies. Nice. It can also be used to parry lightning-based attacks, making it a valuable tool for future battles. Nice. That one wasn't as funny, but it I I got cool. s- I think the Trash Man sounds like a more difficult boss. Oh, yeah. But the King Jellyfish maybe has the better loot. It has way better loot. Yeah, way yeah. Better loot. That's, that's way better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I like this. I like let's write. Okay, let's do an episode. Let's do. Um, okay. Here's something I've always wanted. Well, not actually wanted to happen because it would probably be stupid. Yeah. And it just won't work because one, one of the shows doesn't run anymore. Let's write an episode. Cross, uh, write a crossover episode of The Office and It's Always Sunny. Write a crossover uh, with. And hopefully. That'd be fucked if it did the British office. It won't. <laughs> it won't. <laughs> yeah. I always spell Philadelphia wrong. Philadelphia. We've established I'm not good at spelling. Yeah, we've established that in this episode. The Office Meets the Gang. Act Uh, 1. Episode starts with the staff of Dunder Mifflin Scranton arriving at... Oh, that's a... They go to the bar. They go to Patty's. Ah. Staff of Dunder Mifflin Scranton arriving at the Philadelphia bar after a long day of work. Well, I'm assuming they were out on a, uh, a business trip or, or whatever. Like yeah. yeah. Um, after they enter the bar, they immediately notice the strange characters around them. The gang, led by Charlie and Dennis, are uh, busy arguing with a, a bartender about their tab. Michael Scott approaches the bar. Who's this bartender? Is it uh, D? I, I think they're not at. Um, Patty's it's pub. just okay. Yeah, they're at a different bar. Okay, so Michael Scott approaches the bar, trying to make friends with the locals, but the gang is <laughs> unimpressed by his antics. Act two: As the night wears on, the Dunder Mifflin staff and the gang start to interact. Dwight Schrute and Charlie Kelly bond over their shared love of hunting. <laughs> Bashing rats, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. While Ryan Howard and Mac engage in a heated debate about which is better, karate or MMA. <laughs> that's, that's I can see that That's happening. about right, yeah. I feel like Dwight would be in that conversation. He probably would, too. Yeah. He probably have very strong feelings about that. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Jim Halper and Pam Beasley uh, try to avoid being pulled into the gang's schemes, but they can't help but uh, be drawn in. Act three. The tension between the two groups comes to a head when Michael Scott, desperate to impress the gang, offers to help them with their latest scheme. The gang convinces Michael to help them rob a nearby convenience store, <laughs> promising them a share of the profits. The Dunner Mifflin staff are horrified by Michael's actions as they try to convince him to back out. Uh, escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. Act 4. 
<laughs> well, as always, sunny episodes do. Um, the heist goes awry and the gang uh, bickering and arguing throughout the entire progress. Michael ends up getting caught by the police and the rest of Dunder Mifflin staff are left to pick up the pieces. As they leave the bar and head back to Scranton, they reflect on the strange and chaotic night they've had. Final scene. Uh, the episode ends with Michael Scott being released from jail, still wearing his Patty's Pub t-shirt. As he walks out, he sees the rest of Dunder Mifflin staff waiting for him. They all pile into the car and start to drive away, with Michael vowing never again to get involved with the gang. But as they drive off into the night, they can't help but wonder the other adventures that wait for them in the future. Mm. That was That's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. <laughs> the gang gets involved in a robbery. Right? <laughs> nice. We'll get a little longer. Um... What else? What else do you think? Let's make a video game mm. idea. That's, um, a, that's a good idea. Oh. Let's um. Okay, make a video game. Make an open world action RPG. What kind of characters we want to put into this? What kind of world? Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Okay. Um, open world action RPG. What's something? Open world action RPG video game set. Okay, where you play as a. A beer brewer. Okay. Yeah. Okay, where you play as a beer brewer set in... In... Hmm. Ah. You got something? I got it. I got it. Set... Water world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> set in the. Okay, let's do one more layer though. Uh, yeah. Let's set in the world of water world. With. I want to make it funny. But Waterworld already kind of makes it funny, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> oh. I got. Uh, let's see. Uh, with rhythm, with rhythm game based elements. Based combat. Oh, yeah, yeah, gameplay. All right. The Brewmaster of Waterworld is the title. Gameplay. In Brewmaster of Waterworld, the player takes on the role of a skilled 
beer brewer navigating the treacherous world of Waterworld. The game is set in an open-world environment with the player able to explore the vast ocean and various islands in search of ingredients to brew unique potent beers. Nice. Sounds already like a mix of like like an <laughs> like an open world game, but with like Stardew Valley like, <laughs> yeah. like, like uh, <laughs> the gameplay is rhythm based. Okay. <laughs> um, with the player needing to time their button presses and the actions to the beat of the game soundtrack, the better the player performs, the better quality of beer they can produce, which is in turn can be sold for higher prices and used to upgrade their equipment and abilities. As the player explores the world, they will encounter various factions and characters, some friendly and some hostile. The player can choose to align <laughs> with different factions or go it alone. But their choices have consequences on the game's story and ending. Features. That's <laughs> customizable brewing system. The player can craft unique beers <laughs> using a variety of ingredients and brewing techniques. As they progress through the game, they can unlock new recipes and brewing equipment to further enhance their brewing capabilities. Dynamic weather system. The weather and water world can be unpredictable, with storms, hurricanes, and tidal waves all posing a threat to the player's ship and crew. The player must navigate through these hazards to reach their destination. Faction system. Players' actions will affect their reputation with different factions in the game. Depending on their standing, factions may offer unique quests, items, and benefits or become hostile and attack on site. Upgradable ship and crew. It's nice. a black flag. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Players' ship can be upgraded with better engines, weapons, and defenses, and the crew can be recruited and trained to provide various bonuses and abilities. Multiple endings. Ooh. They always say that. I know. Always promising. <laughs> uh, depending on the player's choices and actions, the game will have multiple endings, each with its own unique rewards and challenges. I call BS. Um, <laughs> overall, Brewmaster Waterworld is an exciting and unique action RPG game that combines the thrill of exploration and skill-based gameplay of rhythm games. With its customizable brewing system, dynamic weather, and faction system, the game promises hours of immersive gameplay and replayability. I have a I have a further question for the AI. Okay. It's a rhythm-based game. So you play it on a guitar hero guitar. <laughs> what genre are we <laughs> are we playing to? Different genres. Okay. Some of the genres would be incorporated in the game soundtrack would include rock, rock folk, punk, and sea shanties. Yes. Nice. That's a good combo. <laughs> the music would also incorporate sounds of the ocean and other natural elements to create an immersive mm -hmm. atmosphere. Additionally, the game could feature a licensed tracks from various artists and bands. Okay. Well, cool. I have a further question then okay. from that. <laughs> what band would be in this game? A few of the bands that could potentially fit the theme of Brewmaster of Waterworld with their music and style. Here are some examples. Dropkick Murphys. Flogging nice. Molly. Ailstorm. Nice. The Dreadnoughts. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay, yeah, I'm fucking down for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, okay. 
I'd play this game. Yeah. So so what a, uh, heck a, of a, soundtrack. a game that takes place in the universe of the uh uh <laughs> 1995 movie Waterworld. <laughs> yeah, where you play as a beer brewer who has to travel the seas with rhythm gameplay based to the music of Dropkick Murphy's Vlogging, <laughs> collecting ingredients to beer better to brew better beers. And it's all rhythm based. It's so. all rhythm based. <laughs> I would true. buy that game out of principle. <laughs> I would just be like, if if someone was making that game, I, I'd be like, I don't care if this is good or not. Wait, ask it. I have one more question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what? Okay. <laughs> what? What controller would you use to play this game? That's okay. Being specific with it, I think yeah, that helps yeah. the AI. The type of controller that would be used to play Brewmaster of Waterworld would depend on the platform the game is of released course. on. If the game is released on consoles, it would likely use a standard gamepad with buttons and analog sticks for movement and various actions in the game. However, if the game was released on PC, the controller options would be more varied. For example, players mouse, could use a keyboard and mouse, pad. a standard gamepad, or even a specialized rhythm, rhythm game controller that is designed specifically That's for what rhythm-based I was games. <laughs> yeah. uh, in addition to these standard controllers, the game could also incorporate unique features or peripherals to enhance the gameplay experience. A brewing kit. <laughs> Here we go, yes. For example, the game could come with a brewing kit or motion-sensing controller that allows the player to simulate the brewing <laughs> process in a more immersive way. That's good. Ultimately, the choice of controller would depend on the specific needs and preferences All of right. the player and the platform the game is really... That last bit was really good. Yeah, that last bit. Okay, um... Let's do one more. Okay. And let's make this a big epic finale yes. to everything. Yes. I, I it, It's going to be another movie, I think, because th- that's been the most fun. Yeah. Um, but let's get really creative with it. Uh, uh, what genre are you thinking? Hmm. A horror movie. Okay, let's do a horror movie. All right, a... Eh? A horror movie, but let's get really specific. With yeah, this. we gotta we gotta go into detail here. A horror movie about let's see. Hmm. Oh, I have an idea. Oh, what's your idea? A group of people on a rafting trip down the Grand Canyon. Okay. 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 Who would this movie star? No, but, 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 uh, okay. A horror movie about a group of people on a rafting trip in the Grand Canyon in which Okay. Killer I'm thinking either killer robots or killer. Uh, I guess you could do like robots would work well because like they don't mix with water, mm-hmm. so that could be like the defense. Right. 
Um, let's make it more interesting than robots, though. Let's say androids. Killer death droids. Death droids. <laughs> I like it. Which killer death droids are doing what? What are they doing? Man? All right, let's do a killer synthesoids. Okay, killer <laughs> synth. I'm sorry. Synthesoids? <laughs> I, I, That's I, close don't, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, synthesoids. Um, are they trying to do something? Um, attack. (laughs) All right. Okay, starring. Wait. Oh, wait. Let's do a. Is there a particular director? Oh, style. Is directed. Sam Raimi. This movie's directed by Sam Raimi. Starring, is it R E M I? R A I M I. A I M. Starring, let's do. Starring. Mm. Let's say Sam Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. Steve Carell for comedic relief. Uh, How do you sell Corel? A R R E L. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, Steve Carell, uh, Kate Winslet. You gotta get Academy Award. Does Samuel L. Jackson win one? Um, I don't know, but um, Samuel L. Jackson, Steve Carell, Kate Winslet, and. Let's do. We got to throw a wild card in there. A true wild card. Um, uh, and um, ooh, what if this is one of those movies that has a weird like musician cameo in it that like doesn't normally do acting? Okay, okay. Like, uh, you, let's you know how do... you know sometimes movies do that where there's like a a big musician is in a movie, but like you're like. They're, obvi- they're obviously only and in this movie because they're, they're really famous. Because yeah, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they're agent pulled some strings. <laughs> okay, let's do... I want to do anything that would be obvious to us. Let's do... Um, Adam... No. Uh, no, I don't like him enough to put him weird in a fake movie. That's a little bit on the nose, okay. isn't it? Isn't okay, it? Okay. Um Weird Al would be fun. That would, that would be. be fun. Uh, let's do. I mean, we could do Weird Al in addition to something <laughs> uh, let's else. Let's do. Let's just throw in Weird Al anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's throw in Weird Al Yankovic. Um, it should just know who Weird Al is, but it's a C at the end, I think, on Yankovic. Um, musician that sometimes in movies. Oh, La- no, Lady Gaga. Ah. But she's actually kind of a good actress. All right. Well, let's just roll with it. Let's Anything? It. Any other stuff we need to put in here? Um, it's also a period piece, right. but don't specify. Hey. Uh. Academy bait. <laughs> Oscar yep. bait. Oscar bait. 
Oh, okay. well, okay. Okay. The Canyon of Terror. The movie, okay. The movie opens of a group of six friends embarking on a rafting trip down the Grand Canyon in the summer of 1986. Good choice. (laughs) Good choice. Yeah. Get that nostalgia bait in there, you know, throw in Mm -hmm. some Take On Me or whatever. Some Stranger Things. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Among the group are experienced outdoorsmen Jack, Samuel Jackson, nerdy accountant Walter, Steve Carell, adventurous journalist Sarah, Kate Winslet, Quirky musician, musician Tom, Weird Al, of course, and pop starlet uh, Stella, Lady Gaga. The group is excited for the journey, but they soon realize that something is not quite right. <laughs> As they make their way down the canyon, they encounter strange and unsettling signs, including abandoned campsites and strange markings on the rocks. Then one night, they are attacked by a group of killer cyborgs called Synthazoids. These creatures are half machine, half organic, and programmed to kill any humans they encounter. The group manages to fend off the initial attack, but they soon realize they are in grave danger. They As soon realize? <laughs> yeah. Not after the first attack? No. <laughs> no, they fend off the first one. <laughs> but, you know. uh, As they continue their journey down the canyon, the group is relentlessly pursued by the synthesoids, who seem to be getting smarter and more aggressive with each encounter. The group is forced to use their wits and survival skills to stay alive, but they soon realize that they are hopelessly outmatched. Director Sam Sam Raimi creates a tense and claustrophobic atmosphere using tight shots of the group on the raft and wide shots of the vast and treacherous canyon to create a sense of scale and unease. The synthesoids are depicted as terrified and relentless killing machines with a design that is both futuristic and eerie. Period setting the movie adds an extra layer of intrigue and mystery as the group. Yeah, 1986. <laughs> yeah. What a mysterious era. <laughs> the 80s. Uh, yeah. As the group is forced to navigate the canyon with limited technology and resources. As the group fights to survive, tensions and rise and secrets are revealed, leading to a final showdown between the survivors and synthesoids. The climax of the movie is thrilling and a brutal fight to the death, with the fate of the group hanging in the balance. In the end, The Canyon of Terror is a pulse-pounding horror movie that combines the thrills of a survival story with the terror of futuristic nightmare. With an all-star cast and a visionary direction of Sam Raimi, the movie is sure to be a hit with horror fans and moviegoers alike. I'm going to be totally honest. If it weren't for our casting choice there, I would actually probably watch this movie. Right? I'd Sam, watch it with our Sam, Sam Raimi, horror movie in the Grand Canyon, Cyborgs. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'd be super down for that. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do one more? Let's do let's do one more. Yeah. What do you want? Another movie thing? Or? Yeah, movies are pretty good. They're All pretty right. fun. All right. Let's do... Um, so we done... You choose a genre. So I, ch- we, okay. I chose the last two genres. We did rom-com. Yeah. Action and horror. Yeah. Now let's do. That's a good like through line. Of Should those. do a fantasy. No. Okay. Space opera. Ooh. A la. Star battles. <laughs> <laughs> Write a space. Write opera a space movie. opera movie. I mean, we could just leave it there. 
It'd be like the most generic. <laughs> we gotta throw in some some details. Uh, we gotta make a, it juicy. Let's do a space opera movie. A high concept uh, space. Yeah, opera. yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta throw that in there. <laughs> okay, okay. High concept space let's, opera let's movie. Let's start with directed by. Directed by um, and directorial debut. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Um, has Bill Shatner done anything? I don't directed. Know. I don't know. Maybe I don't. Maybe <laughs> seems like he would have. Okay, let's not do him. Let's do um. <laughs> uh, the guy. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, we can do a regular director, I guess. Okay. Um, directed by um, who would I would like to see direct a space opera? Mm. Um, Scorsese wouldn't. Not even no. in our fictional. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just, he just he would like, cross the boundaries of fictional universes <laughs> to say like, no, no. that's not cinema. Um, <laughs> that's a popcorn. That's a thrill ride. Uh, um, let's do. Um, but someone that you wouldn't expect. Uh, I guess we could do. Let me look up uh, directors. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna give me a second. I'm gonna go use the restroom. Are we, we pausing? Uh, we can pause, or you can keep talking. I'll keep talking. Um, let's see. Famous directors. Kubrick, Francis Ford Coppola, Quentin Tarantino. That could be a fun one. Christopher Nolan. He's done some sci-fi, Interstellar, or whatever. Ridley Scott, definitely sci-fi. Charlie Chaplin. He's. Uh, I mean, we could use him, I guess, if we wanted. Clint Eastwood, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. That might be pretty fun. Ooh, Tim Burton. Wes Anderson. I don't know. I think Wes Anderson or Tim Burton would be a lot of fun. I hope you guys are having fun with this one. Um, I know we've done a lot of movie shit, and yeah, we're doing movie scripts in this with the AI, but this is the kind of episode, like I, I mean, we've done some AI stuff before, but we can definitely, you know, come back to chat GPT if we ever run out our ideas or, you know. Just need just a fun episode, you know. Another one I would like to go back to is AI Dungeon. Definitely. Have a lot of fun with that. In fact, it could be interesting to combine some AIs, you know, like input things from uh, Chat GPT to AI Dungeon, yada, yada, yada. Um, Colton is a nerd. Blah blah blah. What? I didn't say anything. What'd you say, you bitch? I, I didn't say anything. I Nothing heard you happened. say something about Colton being a nerd. Nah, that was the AI. Oh, okay. It, it, My, it just told me. I, I apologize, Jackson. Wait, look, I can ask it. <laughs> Is Colton nerd? No, um, I'm in between Wes Anderson and Tim Burton. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Is 
Colton nerd. <laughs> As an AI logo. <laughs> It won't. It won't. It won't say anything. Okay. Uh, what happened mind. to our prompt though? Oh Come shit. On. Okay. Oh. Okay. What? Well, uh, okay. High concept space opera, directed by who do you think? Wes Anderson or Tim Burton? <laughs> I think Wes Anderson would be really funny. I mean, Tim Burton would be interesting, like a gothic take on that kind of thing. But, but I think Wes Anderson. I think you'd expect those, that from Tim Burton, though. A little bit more. Like, well, no, 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 Wes Anderson is doing a sci-fi movie, Asteroid City, or whatever it's called. Is he? Oh shit! Kinda, yeah, but yeah, let's do Wes Anderson. Um, starring, uh, Joel Egerton. Joel, do you know him? I think so. Uh, I mean, we could do a bigger. Let's do a bigger star than that, I guess. Let's do uh, Chris. One of the Chris's. We'll throw in Joel Egerton, too. We'll throw uh, him in. Chris Evans, Pine, Pratt, are all three. <laughs> all three. All three, okay. Chris. Chris Chris Evans, Chris Pine, Chris Pratt. Man, that's an expensive movie. <laughs> it is. Man, that budget. <laughs> Chris Pratt and... But Wes Anderson could do that. He can get, like, a million. Look at the cast. <laughs> this is a little side tangent, but the cast for... Asteroid uh, City, uh, directed by Wes. Look at all the people that are in this movie. It's insane. How does I guess people just like I'm gonna be in a Wes Anderson movie because that's I think he's like Quentin Tarantino in that sense of where he just has a network of actors he can call on. Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian. What? No, no, no. That's not right. That's just movies. I mean that's actors. Uh, the where's the cast for Asteroid City? I know Brian Cranston's not in it. Uh, <laughs> that'd be cool. But uh, Asteroid City cast, real quick. What? Uh, Tom Hanks, Maya Hawk, Margot Robbie, Scarlett Johansson, Jason Schwartzman, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Steve Carell. I guess Brian Cranston is in it. Tilda Swinton, yeah. Matt Dillon. <laughs> So, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> what the fuck? A lot of those people have been in Wes Anderson movies before. I, I really think there's a few directors in Hollywood. Wes Anderson's one of them. Quentin Tarantino's another one of them. Who just... They have... They've worked with certain actors throughout their entire career. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, let's throw Jeff Goldblum in there. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Let's throw... Harrison Ford. I don't think he's been in a Wes Anderson movie. I don't think, I think he that'd has. be fun. That'd be fun. And space opera. Let's put him in another one. Harrison Ford. Imagine uh, getting Harrison Ford, eighty years old. We have a very and male male centric cast uh, here. Let's, let's get some females let's in there. Throw on some ladies too. Uh, let's do Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I like her in movies. Uh, let's do. Kate Winslet. No, we already did. <laughs> That's what she's. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 oh. Uh, uh, what's her name? Um, who plays Ahsoka? Uh, Rosario Dawson. Yeah, hell yeah. And uh, we need a. And one more. Uno Mas. We have a big cast here. <laughs> Jenna Ortega. She would be in a West End. All these people would be. 
Yes. In the way. But Harrison Ford, just side tangent again, imagine tricking Harrison Ford, who said he's retiring from Aaron and Zia Jones. He's probably, you know, not got much legs left as an actor. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He hates Star Wars. Imagine tricking him into being into a high concept Wes Anderson space opera movie. I. But it's another he, Star he, Wars. Here's the thing. Oh, yeah. That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Here's the thing with Harrison Ford is I don't think it would be you don't you wouldn't have to trick him into it. My understanding of him in, in like real Just life give him a lot of money <laughs> is he acts very grumpy, but he's actually like is like one of those actors that's like I just care about having interesting roles type of yeah type yeah of yeah people you know. And let's throw um, a one comedic relief in there. Okay. Um, What what you what you thinking? Uh... Let's throw Bill Murray. He's always ah. he's in Wes Anderson movies. He has been in. He's in my favorite. So like any Wes Anderson, he's movie, in my favorite uh, Wes Anderson movie. What the uh, which Life one Aquatic? Did? Life Aquatic. Yeah. It's my favorite Wes Anderson movie. I love that movie. And then it, anything else we want to throw in there? Plot wise, do we need any details? Uh, oh, let's let it run with it. Let it roll, and then we, we're gonna end this episode. Yeah, we have a big ass cast there. The Cosmic <laughs> Eccentrics, of course. Cosmic Eccentrics is a high concept space opera directed by Wes Anderson, set in a whimsical and far ca- off-kilter universe. universe with colorful characters and bizarre adventures. The movie follows a ragtag, ragtag group of misfits as they travel across the galaxy in search of a powerful artifact that could save their home planet from destruction. Okay. Among the crew are stoic captain Jack Joel Egerton, okay. <laughs> charming rogue Alex Chris Evans, Evans. <laughs> dashing, dashing space, space pilot Chris Chris Pine. <laughs> That's good. He's like, I'm just Chris. <laughs> Bumbling but lovable mechanic Andy. Chris, Chris Pratt. Andy! That, that's appropriate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Eccentric scientist Dr. Z. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. That's also appropriate. Uh, Grizzled veteran Jackson. Harrison Ford. Badass <laughs> warrior Maya. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Who's uh, Hera, by the way, in the yeah. Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, tech savvy hacker uh, Luna. Rosario Dawson. Ignomatic psychic Leo, Bill Murray, and plucky young prodigy Nova, Jenna Ortega. Nice. Yeah, that's a good cast. That's, yeah, honestly. Um, as they journey through space, the crew encounters a series of strange and surreal obstacles from alien world, hostile alien worlds to mind bending space anomalies. Along the way, they must navigate their own complicated relationships and personal demons while working together to achieve their goal. Wes Anderson's signature visual style is on full display with vibrant and meticulously crafted sets (laughs) and costumes. uh, Well, yeah, and they're actually on sets. Not just wide pan shots. And they're on sets. But geometric shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everything, yeah. Symmetrical, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and costumes that add to the quirky charm of the movie. The action sequences are fast-paced and exciting with thrilling space battles and daring escapes. Nice. The all-star cast delivers stand-up performances with each actor bringing their own unique flair and personality to their respective roles. The chemistry between the actors is uh, palpable 
with plenty of witty banter and heartfelt moments that add depth and humanity to the story. In the end, Cosmic Eccentrics is a thrilling and whimsical adventure that will appeal to fans of Wes Anderson's distinctive style, as well as those who love space operas filled with action, humor, and heart. I, I need to ask the, one more question. Yeah, yeah, okay. Who is the antagonist? If there is an antagonist, let's just... Who is the antagonist? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, be specific. I, I think being specific like this helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The AI. The antagonist... Could be a malevolent, uh, malevolent, malevolent, <laughs> alien race, a powerful individual. Blah, blah, blah. Obtain the artifact before the crew does it. The power and nefarious purposes alternative. So uh, it, yeah, it doesn't really have a plan for that. Who plays? That's that's what we really mean. Well, it doesn't seem to really have a plan for Wes Anderson movie wouldn't really need that. It could just be an adventure. Uh, the star-studded cast and the caliber of talent involved, there are plenty of actors who could potentially take on the role of the antagonist in Cosmic Eccentrics. Michael Fassbender, Tom Hiddleston, or Kate Blanchett. Ooh, all good choices. But Kate Blanchett was already in a movie, Harrison Ford, that mm, didn't it? Yeah. But she's also right. a very good actor. Yeah, so. okay. <laughs> and it's a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good place in this. Um, yeah, just about. Yeah. Definitely a lot of fun to be have uh, of uh, Chat GPT. But if it gives you any harmful instructions or whatever, don't obviously don't listen to it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't <laughs> tell the truth. And <laughs> it. We'll often give misinformation, but if you want to just play around, make movie scripts, Dark Souls bosses, and episodes, whatever, you know, it's fun. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. What are you doing here? Oh, outro? Write an outro for... Uh, yeah. For, for the podcast. Before it does its thing, uh, make sure to follow at Pod. Check out our link tree for everything. Give us a rating, review, download, subscribe. You know, that would be appreciated. Anyways. Right. Uh, and that's a wrap for the uh, for this episode of the Odd Drunk Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and listening to our ramblings about dreams and nightmares. <laughs> it <laughs> knows us. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did and maybe even learned something new about the fascinating world of the subconscious mind. What the fuck? What the fuck? Before we sign off. Wait, wait, wait. What did you put in the prompt? What did you put in the prompt? Uh, I just <laughs> I just said right now. It's taking everything I think from what I've everything. typed in though. Uh, through, before, before we sign off, let's take uh, give a quick shout out to our sponsors. I wish we had. Some. I wish we um, had. Yeah. Without their support, none this of these people are actually sponsors. This podcast wouldn't be possible. So cheers to Abita Brewing for providing us with delicious beer to fuel our discussions, and to Audible. Well, <laughs> nope. I guess we use Podbean, not I, Audible. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> Audible for keeping our minds sharp with their vast l- uh, library of audiobooks. Oh, we're on Audible. We, we are. We are. You can't listen to us on Audible. <laughs> Why uh, you would? I don't know. 
If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast yeah. and leave a rating and review yes. on your preferred platform. Yeah. Your feedback helps us improve and grow, and we always appreciate hearing from our listeners. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep dreaming big and drinking responsibly. Roll that outro. It's a way better outro than we've ever done <laughs> in the entire show. That's Keep drinking big. I like that. That's good. All right. We're going to stop it there. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To visit all of our current streaming and social media platforms, visit the link tree in the description. If you enjoy the show, we would be appreciated it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Odd Drunk Podcast would like to remind you to drink responsibly and not to drink and drive. Okay Colton you can roll the outro now. <laughs>